Welcome to Truth Unbound, and I'm your host, Walter Swaim. And at Truth Unbound, we always take the events, the issues, uh, things that are occurring, trends in our culture, our society, our world today, and we look at them under the lens of God's Word, plainly and literally read, to under- to see what God wants us to, how God wants us to understand it, and then how to respond to it. Also, we take times where we look at passages of Scripture, and then those passages of Scripture that are harder to understand or have wide differences of opinion out there as to how it should be interpreted, and we come to a conclusion that best honors what the original author as inspired by God and led by the Holy Spirit to write intended it to be understood. Well, today we're doing this a little differently. I'm going to have a joint discussion with my friend, uh, John Westfall, who is a pastor, and he his very popular podcast is called According to John, who also works with his co-host, Duke Herget, and uh, he also has his own podcast called Pastor Duke. I highly, highly recommend both of them. And so John and I got together to discuss Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, where it describes these divine beings called the sons of God coming down and having sexual relations with human women, and their offspring became these super tall giants, but were also very evil men who plunged humanity in its sinfulness even further into the depths of sin. And so we're going to have a discussion about that, not only about what it is saying for then and what it meant then, but also the parallels and that we see to some of that even today in our culture and how God wants us to respond to, to that. So without further ado, uh, let's turn it over. But first, let me remind you of this. You might see just a, in the video version of this, for those that are listening only to the audio version, you don't care about what I'm about to say. But if you're watching the video version of the podcast, uh, there's a little bit of lag on my side, and it was something that was not fixable. And uh, this is a lengthy podcast, so we weren't going to re-record it. Uh, but just wanted to give you a heads up about that to be patient with it and uh, listen in to it just the same. Uh, also, want to remind you of this. To like this podcast, also click to follow it and subscribe, and also share it with everyone you can. Well, let's get right to it. Hello, and welcome to According to John. On this episode, we're going to be discussing uh, Genesis chapter 6, the Nephilim. And I have my friend... uh, with the, with us today, uh, Walter Swaim with Truth Unbound, and uh, this man is a wealth of information, and I'm excited to get to it. So let's get to uh, Walter Swaim with Truth Unbound. How are you doing, brother? Hey, man. Good to see you. Good to be with you. I'm looking forward to uh, doing this today, and uh, you're a great, great friend, and uh, you've helped me so much in the world of podcasting. But even more so, you've just been a great friend to me um, in in ministry and just as a friend, period, period. So appreciate you, love you, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to share this time with you. Yeah, man, I love you too, and I'm excited that you're in it. You've been hanging in the podcast realm now for two two years? Yeah, in fact, I, it passed me by, and I just realized when it had happened, I forgot what brought it to my attention and when I got started and you, you saw me and how how bad the podcast was as far as the technical <laughs> stuff and uh, jazz hands, I was doing all that. And so, um, a real jazz. Uh, yeah, that. right. Real jazz, jazz hands. Yeah. So those that are 
wondering what we're talking about, just go to my very first podcast or two and you'll find out. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, but, uh, we, uh, I think it was March, April that I crossed the two year mark. And, and again, we do truth unbound, but, um, I also do Spanish. I'm bilingual. So we do, uh, the other, uh, the the mirror side of it in Spanish called Verdad Sin Limites. And uh, it's interesting because even though, you know, I mean, I've been fluent in, in the language for years, but I don't speak it like someone who grew up speaking it. Um, but it it actually has got grown in size of, of listeners uh, greater than even Truth Unbound, but they both have done well. And uh, for a small podcast and one that's not done every exactly every seven days you know i do it between every six to ten days uh because of uh my other responsibilities of pastoring i'm also a corporate chaplain so like you you know you're trying to cram things in but you've convinced it's a ministry god's given you to do and uh, we just passed that to your mark and so uh uh yeah yeah it's it's been it's been a lot of fun um stressful too, getting it all together and not everybody realizes you know, that watches it, how much extra time is put into editing and, and correcting things and recording it and all that kind of stuff. But, um, it's well worth it when you get that, that, that person that says, Hey, this really helped me today. Or uh, I had people in, in, you know, like you've seen in other parts of the world as well, that you'll see this and we're addressing some of you right now talking about this and you might be nodding your head that, uh, people in Europe and uh, really uh, virtually every continent of the world and, and to get that. And then some of the feedback I've gotten from Latin America has been a true blessing. And it's just to uh, help everybody be equipped in the Lord and know his truth. And uh, especially when it comes to the issues of today and the questions that we have. Well, I think, I think that you do a great job on that. When you, when you start talking about uh, the topics today and then scripturally, and you start putting it together, uh, man, your podcast is fantastic for that. That's why when I, I heard your podcast. I thought, wow, this, this dude's got some great stuff. But when I saw your podcast, I said, (laughs) I was like, wow, we really got some work to do here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you even told me to color my hair brown and, you know, put on a toupee. No, I'm kidding. I was like, dude, uh, dude, you got to do something different. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, But you helped me get it sharpened up and get a better setting and equipment and, and because I just started with no knowledge of it, I did went through some online training and I watched a lot of others who were doing it once I felt the Lord wanted me to take this step. And uh, here we are. So, well, dude, you got great, great stuff. So today we're going to talk about uh, Genesis chapter six, the Nephilim. And it's this is an interesting passage that that you and I have we've been trying to do this podcast <laughs> for literally six months yes uh-huh. and and even today it got questionable like we've yeah. Been... <laughs> yep so was interesting as we started this uh, attempting to do this podcast at two o'clock today it is now uh <laughs> till five yeah <laughs> eastern time yeah <laughs> yeah eastern time because you're in texas yeah we're we're uh central yeah so central texas so you're you're an hour behind us yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so when I'm, when I'm like midnight, I'm going, ah, uh, yeah, he's already in bed. <laughs> no, you, would be up. That's, you would be up. Yeah. That's, That's when my phone automatically goes to do not disturb mode. So <laughs> especially you can when, call me, I just won't know it. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, no, we're out. We're out. Uh, well, hey, look, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then Please. we're going to started on this because, again, we've been trying to attempt this uh, so many times. And we have done so much stuff. So uh, hopefully this is going to go well. And I, we'll see, brother, right? Uh, yeah. be interesting. So if you would, would you uh, open us in a word of prayer? Oh, I'd love to. Let's do this. Um, Father, I thank you so much that uh, you've given uh, John and I this partnership to glorify you with and to help equip others with more knowledge of you. And then we grow ourselves in this as well in you, Father, knowing uh, these truths and going deeper and and uh, understanding more of what you're telling us in your word, especially as it relates to the things that happen around us. And Father, you are the wisdom. You you are the the interpreter of what's real. You tell us what reality really is and what's really true and what is right and what is wrong. And so, Father, we just want to honor you and obey you and give Give uh, uh, us in this moment and all those that are listening and or watching, Lord, that uh, uh, would uh, would be uh, strengthened in their faith in you because of this. And we thank you for the time together in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Nephilim, right? Genesis chapter 6, um, mm-hmm. uh, the absolute corruption of the human race. And, and the biggest question is, because there's pretty much three... Uh, three dynamics that people look at, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they they were either fallen angels, uh, they are, um, and some say demons, fallen angels slash demons. Uh, some say that they uh, are a richly line of kings that were just men. Yeah, men, and then uh, others say they were the line of Seth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so. Where do you stand with all of this? Well, um, let me read that passage real quick. It's just four verses. Um, looking at, I'm reading out of the New King James uh, here. It says in Genesis 6, 1 through 4, um, it says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, that's the that's the key thing there, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they choose, chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. So that's the key passage uh, that we're discussing there. Again, your question? Yeah, so so when we're looking at this, um, because I'm I'm convinced that they're fallen angels, mm-hmm. uh, but some people are say no, they're just men. And then I think it's Michael Heiser, mm-hmm. who says that they're not fallen angels; they're demons. Or correct me if I'm wrong on that one, because I was I was trying to remember. Did he say that? What was his position? No, no, not that they were demons. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but that their offspring of the like these these giants their offspring um were eventually wiped off the earth through the you know the conquest of joshua of the of the promised land and and others things that were done by god um that the when they they go to hell and they are disembodied and they are the ones that are the demons 
Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. They're all spring. They're, they're where they're kind of what we would call today demigod, you right. know, in a way, in a way, um, you know, where they're, they're, but they're, they're, they're offspring of this divine being from heaven and then women, human women, and that, that, that's what it produced. And then when they died, they became de- They are the demons. They are the demons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you this. Um, give me where you're at with this. Where do you stand with it? Okay. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm one more. Uh, yeah. Heiser was a huge impact. This passage, let me back up and, and just in throughout my, my life, um, this passage has always bothered me. Um, not that I dwelled on it a lot in, in 40 years or I've known the Lord since I was 15. I'm 59 now. And uh, I know I look 40, 30, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> okay, I better stay on track with the truth here. Um, yeah, right. But <laughs> so, uh, but it always bothered me. And then I'd kind of be satisfied with the one interpretation. And I'd be kind of, uh, you know, is it? The, and then I just kind of put it away. But, um, it, you know, it always really ate at me because even though the Bible doesn't spend lengthy time on this, it did put it in there and it has a reason for it. Um, uh, not this overwhelming thing. It doesn't change, you know, really doctrinal position. It's not something to, you know, a hill to die on. It's nothing to fall on your sword about really. Um, but yet when you do uh, understand it and you take a certain position, uh, with it, uh, which I'll get to in just a second on mine, um, is it, it, it just, it just, just makes what Jesus's role and what he did with the gospel and why he came and what happened throughout history has such a bigger picture to it. Uh, and it just becomes brighter and even more amazing what God has done. Um, you know, just because of this, there's all these things involved and we may or may not get to all of it. But um, so that's, that's where I've come on this is I, I do identify, I don't identify with Heiser in a lot of his positions outside of this. Um, uh, do not agree, but I think he nailed it on this. And I probably studied this pretty heavily, um, while I was tapering off on my dissertation, on my doctorate, this was what I was starting to study. Um, you know, we're talking from 2020 or so, or 2019 and on, and really just videos and books and just eating it up. And I really have come to feel that who the sons of God are, um, are that they're a divine being like an angel, but that God used in di- a different purpose. Their a- angel is a title, right? It's, yeah, it's, a, des- I mean, it's, it's a description. Yeah, sure. they're mess- it means messenger, right? right? So it's used broadly, you know, the New Testament writers, especially, uh, especially like Peter and Jude that talk about, they go, they reference this uh, passage here uh, indirectly. So, um, you know, they use term angel broadly of divine beings in general. Okay. Right. Uh, but as we're looking at it, we're seeing, okay, here's the, the seraphim, the cherubim, uh, angels. And then I would say, yes. And there were also the others that were called, uh, the, that God called the sons of God, uh, and all of these together, are the heavenly hosts. So the sons of God, um, you know, is, is a divine being on this parallel to angels, although there's a hierarchy there and we can get into that later, but they're all divine beings that God wants and uses for his divine sovereign purposes. Uh, uh, Daniel called, and they're the same ones that Daniel calls the watchers. Uh, 
Right. Um, and which is also the same terminology used in ancient Near East and Second Temple Judaism's uh, writings. Uh, they're referred to as the Watchers, even in secular pagan culture, referred to Isn't the Watchers. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. See, I'm, with, I'm with you. I, I agree. I agree with you that um, they're fallen. I mean, that they're spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I always said, okay, they're fallen angels that came down. And then people say, well, they can't be fallen angels because angels, uh, uh, they, they can't procreate. Well, they can't procreate because we know angels are all male. They're, they're, uh, so obviously, they right. but that doesn't mean they can't procreate with humanity. So that left me with saying, Hey, you know what? Uh, it can easily be the fallen angels. And then as I started looking into this after you and I were talking, um, and because listen, I don't agree with Heiser on a whole lot. I'm just like, I, yeah, I really, well, there's a ton. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that you are accurate on this, and I think he is accurate that uh, they are spiritual beings, but not necessarily uh, fallen angels, uh, but they can be the watchers. And then now that brings us to define the watchers. Right. Okay. Well, and let me back up. When you said that about those that insist that it had to be men because angels can't procreate. They're thinking of the verse. Usually this is the verse that's quoted. Remember that Jesus was asked about the marriage thing and, you know, who's, you know, if he's divorced and all that, whose wife will he be, you know, who would be married to in heaven? Jesus said in Matthew twenty two thirty, he said, for in the resurrection, they neither, referring to angels, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. And so saying, in other words, angels uh, don't marry or are given in marriage. It says they don't, and they're not given in marriage. In other words, they're, they're, they don't, they're not married. They don't right. choose marriage. But it doesn't say that they can't be. Well, has, has sexual relations. Because when they appeared on the earth, they appeared as men. Most of the time, it wasn't with wings, and it wasn't you right. know as glorious like we see more in the New Testament. They sh appeared as men. And there's nothing to say that they didn't come fully <laughs> as men. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, well, so that's because, usually what the problem is. Yeah, because I, as when you when you look at this, because in, in, uh, it's funny, I actually had Matthew uh, 22, 30 up as well. But mm -hmm. it is, it's in the end, it says, uh, but are like angels of God in heaven. Well, what we're talking about in Genesis 6 are the fallen. Right. Right. And and so there there is a distinction uh between the two, if you will. Yeah, right, exactly. So I I don't go with that plus go I what I mean by that is I don't my mind is running faster in my mouth. Um and that is I don't go with them being of the line of Seth yeah. is what some of them say. Um because as men or as kings or of the godly line of Seth because and reason why if you go to Psalm 82, God, Psalm 82, 1 says, God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods. He holds judgment. Verse six, I said, you are gods, sons of the most high, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, uh, you shall die. Um, and so these are referred to as heavenly beings. Right. Men are, yeah. Men yeah, well, are, like, are on like, earth. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just think that alone kind of knocks that out. There's long, complex reasons that others go into. We don't have the time for that. But I think it's, to me, it's very obvious and evidently to you too that, right. and to many others though, these, it's evident, it's talking about a divine being. Is it the same as a, the messenger angels or are they separate divine beings? I believe they're separate divine beings that God uses for certain purposes. I think mostly administrative. Well, and, and here's the thing, because we know of angels, we know of two specific kinds of angels, right? We have we have the the seraphim and we have the cherubim. And and which the seraphim are those uh, and, and this is how I keep it separate for people uh, or make it simple. The seraphim are for those that sing. Right, seraphim sing, and the cherubims ride chariots. They they go to war. So uh, that would be your two. Uh, how to distinguish the the, the difference? Like Michael, uh, Michael would be a cherubim. Gabriel would be a cherubim. And, and yeah. in my thinking, right, and then then in Isaiah, uh, what is it? Isaiah six. Those are your seraphims, and those are the ones that you find with wings. Because uh, Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah six, talks about what um, uh, what those angels look like and how they sing around the throne twenty four seven, and they have the wings and the feet, and uh, and it just goes in in description mm-hmm. of that. So so those are our, our how we distinguish uh, the two angels. But then in in Job, Job talks about the sons of God. And, and they're in a meeting, right? The, the sons of God, uh, they're in a meeting, and then Satan joins the meeting. So I wonder if, this, if those sons of God are the spirit, uh, obviously in the spiritual realm, if those are the watchers that we're reading about in Genesis chapter 6. Right. And, and, and again, it's in the term watchers used by Daniel in Daniel 10, I believe in Daniel 4 as well. And it seems like to me what I, when, uh, without going into ultra detail, that there's like this hierarchy. Um, God has this hierarchy of how it works. So obviously, God, Yahweh Himself, God, the God of the Bible, uh, Father, Son, Spirit. That God, the one God, He is obviously the the one on top. And then that they're the sons of God that are mentioned in Daniel and Psalm and and um, Genesis, uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, that these are next. In, in my understanding of it in the scriptures. And then you have what is called in, in, in Hebrew, the Malachim, which is angelos in Greek, which is the angels, messengers. Uh, but you also have the throne guardians, which are the seraphim and cherubim. They, they protect the throne of God. And I, I too believe lean toward that, that Michael is the you know, archangel for Hempel, for, for example, is one of the, those throne guardians, seraphim and cherubim. Uh, but the angels were also not just messengers; uh, they were they brought messages to to people on earth. They were also because the the sons of God did that in certain instances. But the uh, angels are um, messengers, but they're also like yeah, I think you mentioned they're warriors. Okay, they go to war, they go to battle. Actually, well, phys- it, Revelation talks about them going to physical battle with the right. demonic forces. Well, and and we see in Daniel right when. Uh, they said, hey, uh, we were delayed because uh, Gabriel said I was delayed uh, for, what, 21 days? And then uh, Michael came and helped uh, uh, fight the battle of the demons right, right. so that he could deliver the message. So 
So yeah, we, they did both things, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, yeah, there's overlap. It's not like there's these super clear boundaries, you know. Right, right. But, yeah. but my, my point is we clearly see the battle, even in the Old Testament, uh, where he, they were used throughout history. And now we're going to see the battle in Revelation, uh, which I believe that we're going to be a part of witnessing the battle when Christ returns. So we're going to see the angels do their work. Uh, we're just going to be witnesses to it. I don't think we're going to partake in it. Right. I agree. Yeah. That's interesting too. I'd forgotten about that aspect because we're supposed to, church is raptured. We're up there for the marriage supper of the lamb, uh, the beam of judgment seat. Uh, but that battle also happens, uh, which its implications are on earth. Now, I think one area maybe you and I are different in this and two is a lot. Oh, and this goes back to what you mentioned at the very beginning, that many believe that uh, this, that they could have been, these are demons that came and had relationships with with the women. Why? Well, the demons uh, were, you know, a third of the heaven uh, was, was you know, uh, knocked down and Satan took them with him. The, my problem with this is I, I believe that they're, they're the Rephaim, which are the offspring, okay, of the Nephilim. Uh, there were different names in the Old Testament for the giants, okay, especially when you come to the time of the promised land being conquered. Um, there's, there, there were different, several different names, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. The point is, is that, that, that third of those that fell in heaven, that is mentioned in the book of Revelation. It's only mentioned one time. Usually it's taught traditionally that those are the demons of today, that this happened long before, uh, you know, even maybe even creation. Okay. Um, after Satan fell, then they fell. No. This is in the, that's in the book of Revelation. That is still future. And also that scripture is describing that they were thrown to the earth. And then later talks about Satan taking a third of the heaven with them. But we don't know if they were just kill, kill, well, they'd be eternal beings. But I I don't, I I used to think that, but I've really changed my position on that, that, that the, that the angels, that third of the host of heaven are not demons, it's the Rephaim, the offspring who are dead, the giants that are killed or dead, um, that are in hell. But that doesn't happen till the future. So how so, can that how can you extrapolate them that happening still in the future, but somehow it still happened in the past and they're the demons of today? There's there's gotta be one a time. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's just a, so, a little so let me minor ask difference. You, what is your what is your take on uh demons versus fallen angels um well again when we're talking about angels we're taught the angels in the sense that you and i are talking about mm-hmm. we're talking about a specific group in great number right right but oh yeah uh, the sons of god are another ty- angelic like divine being right so there's, there's and, no and think, they're different that, beings and i think that's where um that's where it gets complicated mm-hmm be, right, because I mean, we're like, okay, so where in Scripture do you see a place in Scripture where it separates uh, uh, the uh, the watchers from uh, the fallen angels? Okay, well, um, let me take it. Let me go back here. Let me look. If I'm looking away from you, I'm I'm not just. Uh, Turning, I'm not turning you off and just wandering. <laughs> I've uh, got my screen with my Bible on one and notes on the other here. And well, let's see if I, I can answer the question effectively here. Yeah. So in, in fairness, so that uh, so that you guys that are listening, 
we uh, we're, we're using a whole new program, uh, or according to John is using a new program. And I've reached out, uh, to Walter on truth unbound. And that was one of the problems that we've had for the last few hours before we finally got it working as well as we have, but we could not run our Bible programs on the same computer that we're recording this on because there was such a lag that it, it was horrific and finally we got it to work as good as we have and and we're like hey let's just get this done because it's been it's been six months so when we're looking away now we're researching a different computer rather than the one that's directly in front of us that's that's what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah thank you yes yes we have labored long and hard on this well but, let me see yeah. if i'm going to answer your question for instance i think um when i read that verse uh, when you read the verses like in Psalm 82, where, uh, let me go back to that one. He says, God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods. He holds judgment. And then in verse six, he said, you are gods, sons of the most high, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. So that's their punishment, right? Yeah. So, so go ahead. All right, I, just interrupt you real quick. Yeah, sure. So, so that's the that's the big question, right? Because uh, it's 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 clear he's not talking to the fallen angels here. He's he's talking well, to exactly. The, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And, and that in that is where it brings in the difficulty because uh, we now we have to speculate, which which I find interesting. That what group was it you were saying that they call them the Watchers? Right, uh huh. Daniel four and ten, yeah. Yeah, so right, we we know that, but I think didn't you mention a? Uh, um, uh, never mind. I thought you mentioned a, a secular group that talked about them. My apologies, I I drifted off apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, what was that? Yeah, maybe. I uh, know you're right. Um, I was talking about uh, pagan cultures, spe specifically Babylonian culture. Yeah, referred to them also as the watchers when you look at the historic historical material of the ancient near east at that time so they called them the watchers as well they called them the apkalu and so they would even make little statues of them because to the babylonians these bad boys were something to look up to they were in their writings and you get some, and you do get and this is where some people think well this is where you get into trouble the for, the the book of enoch uh and um uh, there's a couple of the, the the other books that are not inspired scripture, but they were written uh, right. either in pagan culture or they were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls as well. Yeah, uh, the Book yeah. of Giants. The Book of Giants is the other one that was found right. in the Dead Sea Scrolls, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And so these well, are written in other cultures as well. But, they would wait, oh, what I was going to say, they take the little statues and when they would build a structure, they'd bury it in the ground and then build the structure on top of it to be their protection. They were little uh, statues to be symbols of the watchers so. right i got you well i know in the book of jasher uh you have uh a, a lot as well and then I, well the, the scriptures talk about the book of jasher the book of kings the book of enoch um I, I didn't know about the book of giants and and it's interesting that you're talking about all these different books because uh the other day i was watching a video and i can't remember the guy's name but he used to work for the government and and he was working in the religious section and so what would happen is he would 
uh, they would send him in the places anytime there was any religious artifacts or whatever. And they sent him into the Vatican. And, and when they went into, when, when they sent him into the Vatican, he said, there are all these books, the ones that the Bible speaks of and others that the Vatican has confiscated and hidden in the basement so that nobody else can get them. And he said, it actually lays out in detail uh, what is actually going to be coming. And it hmm. answers all the questions of the things that we're talking about today. I just found that really interesting. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I read that or heard that. Um, yeah, Google it. The guy was just on, um, I think it was like last week and he was very specific about how the Vatican has all these books that they have confiscated over, uh, the centuries and just hidden them so that nobody would know the very specific details of what's going on. Apparently it was written, but again, uh, who knows, right? We're, we're speculating everything. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and, and that I wouldn't doubt that there's some truth to that, but then you get into the, the Da Vinci code. I know that's, we're going down another path there, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, where they, you know, just Christianity as a whole, mainly they mean Catholicism and the Vatican by saying that exactly. but they, we're all thrown in the same bag. And then, you know, that they're hiding things and that would prove that everything's false and not the way we, you know, that's, that's not what we're talking about. You're talking about something though, that, that they have that, that would reveal support even further, exactly. but there's su support further what's being said here or what we're proposing. But nevertheless, we've got so much already, uh, you know, material from the Babylonians to ancient Judaism and the Dead Sea Scrolls that we, you know, it's all there. Right. Uh, a lot of it. No, now, it, the, Jude, Jude referred and he, he took, he brought in a portion of the book of Enoch into his book. It doesn't mean that the whole book of Enoch, in fact, it's got some crazy stuff in it, uh, but it doesn't mean, but he's quoting a part that he believed to be accurate and true. And that was common knowledge in second temple Judaism's period. Right. Okay. Uh, so have you, have you read the book of uh, Enoch? Partially. Did, partially. Did yeah. the, I haven't finished part, it. Did you read the part where the, uh, he talks about the giants being like a third of a mile high? Or tall. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, there's some in, <laughs> things that are inaccurate. But if but if Jude considered that part, you know, it's just you can Paul quoted the secular poets. Remember, he did that in the recording, the book of right. Acts to to further support the point that he was making uh, to affirm a scriptural point. You right. know, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, just because it's from a secular source doesn't mean that right. it's not. It doesn't mean that the author who wrote that was not inspired in doing so. Well, so, so you know, and, and here's the thing. I I believe, and and I don't know if you've ever seen, you can't find it today. They've taken it down and thrown it away, apparently. Uh, but the History Channel put out a book, or sorry, a documentary on uh, giants in the land. And, and it was from the History Channel. And they have proof. They have found beds 24 foot long. They have found uh, uh, carvings right in, in the walls of caves of these giants in the land. They have found bones to confirm uh, that a man was 18 feet tall. Have you seen that video? I've seen some of it. Some of them say that's doctored and, you know, kind of like some of the stuff of the Noah's Ark, uh, you know. But I have. I've seen some of it. I've seen some of the pictures. It's been intriguing. Um, but I, 
you know, if they were the majority, if not all of them were wiped out in the flood, right? It, it, it's highly likely you wouldn't find their bones, just like we don't, you know, right. find bones in a lot of places unless they're captured in fossils right. or, in, or in fossilized tree uh, riverbeds like we have here in, in the north part of Texas, Glen Rose, Texas, where you've got dinosaur prints and human footprints in the same riverbed, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, because so. they found that in the Mississippi River. Yeah, that stuff's real. You know? yeah, in fact, yeah. yeah. We came real close to you can go up there and for like fifteen dollars and join they'll do there's a certain uh creationist uh uh no he's not from the institution of creation research is his own thing, but you can go up there and join his group and they'll go in they're on private property that they lease for this. Oh, this wow. owner lets them come in and you can pay fifteen dollars, bring your own tools, and you'll spend a uh, half a day excavating in there and trying to find more stuff it's it's they're still finding stuff all the time and that's just four hours north of me here and i we almost scheduled a trip to go and it fell through and i'm going one day (laughs) why haven't why haven't you been yet man yeah that's straight up your alley oh buddy yeah but uh go ahead and then there's something else i want to share yeah, so what I was, and this this is off but not off topic, right? Because people ask how the pyramids got built. And, you know, and we're talking about giants, and, and people are like, well, how did the pyramids get built? Dude, I think the giants built the pyramids. I think, well, yes, exactly. Um, and that's why, that's why. They or were, they you know, say, that, right, but, but notice it wasn't, I don't, it doesn't appear to me, to, it doesn't, there's not again. There's not a lot, a lot of elaboration by scripture on this, but it says they came and they married the daughters of men and they had their offspring. So they didn't just come have a, not trying to be crude, but they have a one night stand and then went back to heaven. Right. None, you, they had to be around for a while. Well, in the ancient Near East documents of the Babylonians, take them as accurate or true or not, uh, they talk about the Apkalu. Okay, because in their story, they have their god, Marduk, and then these guys came down, you know, uh, Marduk was the leading, most powerful god, and then these Apkalu come, and they influence the culture. Now, remember, the Babylonians are writing this as though these guys were, like, who I aspire to be kind of thing. You know, these are great guys. These guys are the ones that made us powerful and strong and amazing in the world. Um but the Apkalu, it records in the writings that they uh, they taught them sorcery. They taught them how to use uh, natural substances that were drugs, okay, promoting drug use, um, and potions and the necromancy, um, violence, war, you know, all these things. These guys. So you're saying, oh, so humanity's sinfulness is their fault. Not at all. In fact, the first book of Enoch would tend to give that impression. It's one of the reasons probably why it was not included as inspiration in the Bible. But back to this, these guys were helping, uh, already helping humanity, teaching them these arts and these skills and these crafts uh, that are evil, used for evil, and further destroying uh, mankind and and what's the word I'm trying? I'm looking for they, they can they made mankind sinfulness even more sinful. Well, it's just their influence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they were around for a while, right? On the earth is what 
you know, if you take it as, as true or even remotely yeah. uh, as true. Well, and to go back to the, the pyramids, uh, mm-hmm. to be quite honest, man, it, if, if you don't believe the giants and I, and I think that when they went, when the spies went into Can- uh, land of Canaan, the promised land, and they're like, Hey, we are grasshoppers to them. I believe that was legit. Literally. I oh, mean, I, exactly. Yeah. Because they're, they were giants. Well, if they were that tall, uh, that would, you put them at 20 feet tall, 24 feet tall. I, mm-hmm. I don't even have a problem with that because that really makes a six foot man look like a yeah. grasshopper. Yeah, and remember the the men of that time, they weren't all they weren't they were shorter in stature. Yeah, I think like they averaging five, five foot something. Five, six, yeah, five five. Yeah, at the most, right. at the most. So yeah, right. yeah, because I, uh, Paul, even when you read it, they say uh, believing that Paul wouldn't been but about five four five five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you read that? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, and and, and so that means Jesus would have been about the same. Because when we read Isaiah, uh, there was nothing uh, attractive or to draw you to him, which meant that he would have looked like the common man. So he would have been short in stature as well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. Which exactly. Is, which is all inter- interesting stuff. But to get back to the uh, Egyptian pyramids, um, I think that's why they were. Because, you know, if you if you go back and look, dude, they're only an eighth of an inch out from the bottom to the top and from, mm. from the direction they point. Right. An eighth of an inch right. to do that takes meticulous uh, placing of these stones, uh, which if you think we can lift uh, uh, a concrete block, well, what can these giants lift? Well, mm. bigger concrete blocks or stones, right? Right. So, so to me, it fits that the giants built the pyramids, which explains why they were so dead on. Exactly. Right. And also, because it might be that somebody watching us right now having this discussion or listening to us might be thinking, oh, so you're talking what's on the History Channel. It's so popular. They even have conventions every year about these ancient uh, invaders and ancient aliens. Uh, You know, no, that's we're not talking about these creatures. (laughs) You know, these you know, this is not even close to it. You know, I had a guy in my one one of my, my church years ago that chased that kind of thing. And I said, you're reading your Bible, right? You know, <laughs> and it was kind of like, okay. And he went off one year to the convention. He was excited, you know, and I'm like, no, this is all, that is all just, you know, pseudoscience and pseudo archeology. span This is not that. Well, yeah. that falls in line with the UFOs today and aliens and everything else. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just, it's just made up junk from a government that wants to make up junk. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, and I do, and also Michael Heiser was very good. He, by the way, most, some don't know he's he's gone with the Lord. He fought a long battle battle with cancer and yeah, uh, just recently passed, passed away. I say just a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a month or a so month ago. ago. But yeah, it was real close. And but what I was going to get to is he was. It was what was cool about him too was he had another he had another podcast called Pop Fringe, and uh, so from a biblical worldview. Because in the basic doctrines of the faith, he was legit, okay? Right. It's just yeah, in this was. other stuff he went off on, I think, that I didn't agree with and was more of him just being so intelligent. Like a lot of them, it's it's not being able to see the forest for the trees. You're so deep in the forest. But um, but nevertheless, he was he was brilliant. And he also, he was one, he was, he was like really the only guy 
of any uh, reputation and scholarly knowledge that would take on these weird offbeat subjects. And he would cover them in fringe pop. And one of the things he did a very good job of, oh, um, I, w I might look it up. I don't remember it. In fact, it's available. You used to have to buy it, but I think it's openly available on YouTube now. It's also on Faith Life TV, I believe, where he did a, they did a, he did a whole one-hour uh, documentary on aliens and um, UFOs and just, I think, just nailed it. And he debunked yeah, I... all these other weird theories, but he talked about the government's thing in it uh, and also about the possibility of, that there could be demon involvement in it, demonic involvement in it, but a lot of it about the things the government had done for years. Well, so. I, I think the, to justify uh, UFOs, to justify um, aliens um, and, and the stuff that's going on, is, dude, it's all demonic. I mean, all of it's demonic. And I know people are like, no, they really exist, but they don't really exist. And if you notice in the last um last several months last year or whatever it's been they are pushing the idea that uh you know a, a, our government our military is like yep they they're real they're real i think that's what they're going to use to explain uh how all the christians are gone they're going to use that to explain yes. after, that the aliens took the christians because the aliens were the problems or the mm -hmm. christians were the problem the aliens are going to teach them a lesson yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think when that happens and that strong delusion that Paul talks yep. about in Thessalonians, God will send a strong delusion. In other words, he'll just let this happen, you know, and feed into it. So yeah. uh, since it's, man's in, in, intent on doing that anyway, he just right. go ahead and say, fine, I'll just add to it. Right. You know? Right. And, that, and that's what you're going to see happen. But to get back to the, to the Nephilim, um, I believe that they existed. I believe they were giants, literal giants. I believe that the the pyramids uh, uh, show you uh, that they existed because, mm -hmm. uh, like, like that's the it, for me, just for me, that's the biggest proof that they existed that we have because they cannot explain how these things were built. And so they say they built dirt ramps and, and they run them up with, with mules and, and, um, uh, on cart, right. Or, or they used leverage. And, but I'm thinking, dude, do you know how much land has to be moved for them to have used mules and carts or even leverage to roll these things up or to mm -hmm. move them up? It, every idea that they come up with, man, to me, is ludicrous because it would have taken them how many years to move the dirt to build whether you whether you're digging a hole and building it up out and then moving mm -hmm. the dirt away from them or you start with flat ground move the dirt in and and build up to the top of the pyramid that the, the amount of dirt that it would take is insane to even think that i don't know maybe that's just me no no you're right again and i think too um, because of being so entrenched in the culture and, you know, scientism, um, that you, again, there, any man, mankind earlier was just this stupid doof that, you know, just carried a club and, you know, right. it was just a dummy, you right. know, and, and we're so advanced. I, I think, I think 
God created Adam with an extreme ability of intelligence. Well, you know, he named every animal. Right. And of course, I know there wasn't as many animals then as there are now, but he still did that. I don't care if it's 50 that, you know, I mean, still think about it, you know, I mean, and then since that time, even though man was, was, you know, corrupted internally and spiritually by sin and it affects your body and your mind, uh, I think they were very more, way more advanced than we think they were. I mean, think of Noah himself. He's building an ark. He didn't go to the local Home Depot or Lowe's to get his tools. Right. You know, there's been theories postulated that he's, he was the one that thought of the hammer and the shovel and the, you know, all of the axe and those tools, you know, and that just passed down over the years for man. But it's just, you know, you think about it and then have the, to have these sons of God on earth and further teach man how to use these things and give him more intelligence, how to do some of these things, things, but toward the uh, evil side. To- evil side and toward worshiping a false God or lifting himself, man himself up as God, Right. you know, uh, just imagine, I mean, the proliferation, because when you go back to Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, to Genesis chapter six, verse one, trying to get back to the, (laughs) I mean, I was using the wrong mouse. Yeah. Well, Uh, uh, go ahead. Anyway, because right after he talks about there were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those who were the mighty men who were of old men of renown, which is not that they were famous. They, it means men of renown. They were evil. Right. Um, then the next verse says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. He was sorry and grieved that he created man. And then that's when he said, told, you know, called out Noah and was going to flood the earth and and wipe them out, you know? So it wasn't just wiping out man, but also these guys with them. Evil. Yeah. Yeah. All all of evil. Right. Uh, But if you think about it, we're in the same boat today. I believe Mm -hmm. that they were in, in Genesis chapter six. And, you know, you mentioned earlier how people would think that, you know, uh, men were just dumb and, you know, yeah. we, right. Well, cause we think of cavemen, right? And right. Cavemen dragging the woman by her hair back to the cave. That kind right. of thing. And, and, and we grunt <clears throat> Neanderthals. Right? Yeah. Neanderthals, right. But here's the problem. And I tell people all the time that if you're a Christian, you cannot believe in cavemen because cavemen uh, are exactly. from evolution. Right. And, and so either you believe God and you believe the, the biblical uh, uh, historical events of, of what's happened, or you believe evolution and you believe cavemen, uh, but you cannot believe both because to believe cavemen says that you don't believe God created man intelligently. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like you, you gotta, you gotta pick you. You can't, you can't have it both ways. Right. Exactly. And Very and true. we and we even know like uh you go back to James. I was just talking about this the other day. And then James talks about how a man looks through a piece of glass and he sees clearly and then you put a little silver behind it and now all he sees is himself. Hmm. Uh, listen, they had they had mirrors back then. They yeah. had razors, they had knives, they had I mean, dude, you go all the way back, the intelligence level was amazing. It, listen, people didn't get stupid until computers came along. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. And just, just the simple thing, right. we're going back to the course it had already been done for many, many years uh, since more ancient times. But for instance, you go to, and you find out in history and during the time of Jesus that the typical boy started going to school at the synagogue at five, and already what would be kindergarten age here, they were learning to memorize, already begin to memorize the first five books of the Bible. They didn't have the devices to lay, uh, to, you know, even they did have a lot of paper. Things were drawn on tablets with wax covering so it could be smushed and erased and then something else. But you can't, you know, it's not like today. So they relied, their memory capacity was well, much and, and, more superior than today. Well, I absolutely. can't even remember what I said 10 minutes ago. You know? <laughs> I know, right. Well, I didn't <laughs> that, but they had to remember their family tree all the way back uh, to Abraham. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, you could just go on and on with the, just the things that the, it was, it was amazing. Right. So the, you know, so you go farther back before the flood and here you have these, uh, the sons of God still roaming around Then they had their offspring, but these guys are helping man say, Hey, I can help you take that plan and turn it into something that'll really get, make, give you a high, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you could skilled in warfare and right. making weapons and, you know, on top of you're just taking their already very high level of knowledge right. and well, using you, it toward evil. Well, and that's what I say, because, you know, their Pushing whole agenda, well, who do they work for? They work for Satan. And so their whole agenda is to take man uh, from his fallen state. Right. And, and instead of helping him get back. Uh, to God, which God we see throughout all of history uh, uh, does everything he can to keep man attached to him. But Satan does everything he can to take man away from God. And and the biggest thing we see that he, t that he does to take man away from God is for man to be self-sufficient. Right. Right. And so, and so what do these, what do these Nephilim bring in uh, a form of self-sufficiency? Exactly. Exactly. And then receive glory, the you know from those men to worship them. Look at me, yes. yeah, that's the whole thing. And 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 then and let's face it, dude, um, it's funny because if 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 someone if you save someone say from a burning fire, uh, or or you resuscitated them back because you drug them out of the lake and you brought them back to life, you know, uh, resuscitating them, uh, that man, everybody does this huge hoorah and party and they owe you for life and they're indebted to you for life. And, and, and it's just like, Oh, you, 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 but yet God did the same thing for us through Christ. And you don't see people doing that right. for Christ. And my, my point is, is that we have a tendency as humans to lift up on high that which we can see. Hmm. Yeah. And since yeah. they're already big, they're already huge, they already bring an intelligence level uh, uh, to man, uh, even uh, evil, and let's face it, dude, we're all drawn to evil to a degree. Right. Uh, and, and evil is anything that's sinful. I don't, I don't people get jacked up saying, I'm not evil. No, you are evil. Uh, anytime you think, do, or act a way opposite of Christ. Right. And, uh, and so uh, here you have these giants, which let's be honest, dude, uh, a 24 foot man walks up on us. He's got my attention. Yeah. Yeah. A 12 foot man. That's right. my day. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And then if they speak intelligently, 
oh my goodness, now you got me even more. And then if you show me things I've never known, yeah, I'm hooked. Yeah. Yeah. These guys were evil and they were brutal. That's what the feeling of the language of describing them there and just a couple of words, you know, they were, you know, they were brutes. And, uh, so they, they feared them. They were in awe of them and then gladly learned from them. Uh, and it only deepened man's sin. Now, can I mention something? Oh, please. Okay. Along with that understanding that in the, when I say second temple Judaism, uh, that is the period from when the when the Jews were allowed by the Persian king, thousands of them. Not all of them did it, but several. There were three waves of thousands of Jews that were allowed to go back and rebuild their temple, okay, um, and to go back to Jerusalem and and live by that Persian king. So, uh, live there by and allowed to by the Persian king. So they rebuild um, the temple, okay. So from that temple time, okay, this is before the time of Christ, uh, three to 400 years, two to 400 years before Christ, and uh, through the time of Christ, okay, so that's what we, when I say Second Temple Judaism, it was during that time when there was all this writing, uh, all of this, you know, uh, for these several hundred years there, and remember there was some, um, oh my goodness, John, you'll remember this, I went blank, the period of silence between the Old and New Testament. How long? Oh, yeah, uh, 400 years. 400 years, 400 years of silence. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're talking maybe five, I'm six, seven hundred years, that. really. So so that's what do we mean, from when the temple was rebuilt till the time of Jesus. And remember, the temple was destroyed in AD 70. So during that period, there was a great amount of writing done uh, by the Jewish scribes uh, and also by the group called the Essenes, which, is a, which was a reclusive uh, more mon uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not monastery, um, but anyway, they were a collusive group that separated from the city life in Jerusalem and away from all that. And they wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, the majority of them. Uh, so you go through that period. There was a through all of that, we find out that we look at how the things are is rooted in mainly and only. Um, the sin of Adam and Eve, right. right? And that is, that's the beginning of it. That's right. that's the cruel beginning of sin in the world and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for all have sinned, Romans 5, 8, right? Yeah, because From that period. But they also saw two other periods that it wasn't that just that was the problem of mankind, but they saw two other events that deepened and further deepened the depravity. And that, um, that would have been in also the Tower of Babel would have been included oh, yeah. in that in Genesis chapter 11. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing uh, that was, was a real problem. Okay. Uh, for them. So you have, there's the three events. It started with the sin of man, right? Then Genesis six. Okay. Which what they were doing, you say, well, why would they, were they just like, hyper attracted to these women and decided to do that. So that was probably part of it. But the other part right. of it well, is it says they were beautiful. They, yeah, they were, they were beautiful. It says that. So right. obviously, right. So they had to have been especially beautiful. But the other part of that is, is what they were doing is they were creating, trying to create their own image bears. Right. We are made in the image of God. Right. So they're trying to compete with that. That also had that been left to continue throughout humanity that would have tainted also the humanity and right. that image of God that we were, 
um, well, it, a hybrid, and therefore that would have affected the Messiah, and it's just a mess they were trying to create, right. parallel line of image bears. Well, and then and, the third event was the flood. Yes. And, well, and you, you said it with the with tainting the bloodline and and it, literally it would have it would have stopped the the coming of christ uh if you killed off the bloodline and and if you if you think about it though you go all the way back to uh cain right cain brings an offering to god why because cain is creating his own religion he is uh doing things his way and it never changed and if you look today because if you look at Genesis chapter uh, six with, with the uh, having sex with the women and so on and so forth, uh, and then creating this this offspring that that we see back then, uh, dude, we're we're seeing the same thing come along today when they're talking about uh, the transients and mm -hmm. robots and and uh, inserting things into people's brain that will make them think more like a robot that would actually connect their brain to a computer without them ever having to look at the computer do work or conceiving a human being with the genetics of three human beings, not a male and female yeah. alone too. So yeah. When you, when you think about Scary. all of that, dude, we have returned back to Genesis chapter six. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But AI look at AI, man is, they're talking it's going to take over the world, right? I mean, right. And, and abolish humanity, which that's never going to happen because we read the scriptures. Uh, but but the idea that it is going to take over and destroy humanity in the sense that they'll no longer act human or or be fully human, mm -hmm. dude. There was a day when I told you you were insane, but that day is here, where it's happening, and and right. And we have the ability to make it happen. Look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk said, listen, we have the ability to make part human, part uh, uh, machine. Uh, he calls, I think he calls them transients. He said this, and I quote, all we need is a willing government. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what we have? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And adding into that, for instance, when you have um, uh, Harari, uh, the one I did the podcast on too. Yuval Harari, is that right? Am I correct? Yeah, Yuval, yeah. Um, in his book, Homo Deus, he talks, he's, he's a proponent of the, uh, what you said, transhumanism. Tra there you go, transhumanism. Where it's the integration of technology, right, into, into the human body. Even to the point, he says, we will overcome disease one day and we will even more than likely cover, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, basically conquer death. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Immortality. Right. Yeah. We'll achieve that. Yeah. We'll achieve immortality yeah. because yeah. of that. So and, but, I mean, but, that, that's just saying it's, and he calls the book homo deus, which is God, you know, <laughs> man is God. Right. And you're like, but then he turns around and gives workshops and seminars and speeches about the dangers of AI and what it could do to us. But on the other hand, he's saying, boy, it's a really good tool though for us to become like gods. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and yeah. we need the tools because we have so degraded ourselves with sin 
and the mm -hmm. inability to process information because uh let's face it computer phones uh, phones have made people uh to use the old king james word brutish which yeah. means stupid phones <laughs> have literally made people stupid i used to remember all the phone numbers of of everyone that i would call oh really dude i'm i i struggle to remember three <laughs> my my wife and my two daughters yeah me too yeah that's but right yeah like my son i know ne i've never been able to remember remember his phone number <laughs> right but, yeah. but we think why why do we need it we, we don't need it and and not only that but you know um we live in an age that jesus said would happen uh ever gaining knowledge but never coming to the truth uh dude we we live in a day now where knowledge um it's it's a, a touch of button and people's faces are buried in the phones but they're never coming to the truth right exactly yeah and now those phones are going to be already are but you know in china you're not supposed to leave and not have your phone at any time right you know uh, uh you're supposed to have it on you at all times right. you know so it's uh it's going to be but then like we saw during covid uh you know they say well now you can have your little covid passport put in a capsule and your medical records and be put into you and injected, you know, uh, that people laughed at even 10 years ago or so, or more uh, guys were talking about this was being developed and it was going to be, and people laughed, Oh, you conspiracy, you nut, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, or, you know, or now it's there. The companies are saying, no, we can do this. And, well, uh, then, well, but we're not going to track you with it. Right. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> we're, well, oh, I feel so much better now. Uh, right. Uh, Sweden, Sweden. Yes. They're already putting it in their hands where they can walk up to, uh, uh, vending machines, just put their hand up. They automatically get billed and whatever they want, they push a button and it comes out. Right. Uh, so already doing it. And what I found interesting is, you know, years ago, people were like, yeah, they can create it, but nobody's going to take it. Are you kidding me? Uh, COVID proved that the vaccines proved that, uh, that people were going, no, no, if listen, if this is going to better my life, let me have it. And they're going to run to it. And what are they going to do? They're going to say, Hey, uh, you get this implant and here's what it's going to do. Um, especially in your children too. Uh, they'll never get lost. We'll always know where they're at. So if they're ever kidnapped, we know exactly where to find them. Uh, also there's no more identity theft because uh, you have this, it's just yours, so nobody can steal your identity. Um, we'll always know your records. We'll always know your health records. So if anything's happening, they should show up. If you can't speak, they just scan your hand and boom, they have all your medical records and it will save your life. And so they just keep throwing all these positives and people go, wow, yeah, I'm in. That sounds fantastic. That's how they're gonna get them uh, mm -hmm. and that's how they're getting them and that's how they got uh, Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So like you said, we're just repeating the sins of the past, well, you know, we are living Genesis chapter six. I think so. Yeah. I think oh. in many ways it is. I do. I just finished a series sermon series at the church and, uh, it was about Daniel and standing what to do, how to live ungodly in a godly world. And I said, we're living in Babylon today, uh, mm -hmm. more than ever before. And I said, the point is what God, what, God is getting across to us at least one of the lessons through Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and they're standing up before their faith, um, is that we have to live in Babylon, but we're not to let Babylon live in us. 
Amen. You know, so, but, uh, but anyway, I want to make sure I mentioned that, that it, you know, scripturally, I think uh, they were right. The, the, the second temple Judaism and ancient Near East culture had it right. It wasn't just the fall of man, but it was also the sins of the sons of God and then the tower of Babel. Uh, so when Jesus was coming back, he was coming back to redeem us from, from sin to solve this problem of sin and death. But he also was poking an eye in the devil and uh, evil and that he was taking things back now. Right. Uh, begin the process of taking things back so that the earthly and, and heavenly kingdom are one again as he creates a new heaven and one a new earth one day. Well, and, with, and populated with those who love him. Right. You know, and, and Jesus even said, you know, if he didn't shorten the days, hmm. right. Yeah. Um, uh, that if it were possible, which I love that if it were possible, even the elect would be fooled because some people say if, well, if he didn't shorten the days, even the, the elect or the saved would be fooled, but that's not what it says. It says, if he didn't shorten the days, uh, if it were possible, even the elect would be fooled. And, and so, what we see, though, is that sin and deception is going to run so deep that if it's not for the Holy Spirit working inside of, of the saved, then it would be possible that even the saved would be deceived. And, dude, we live in a day when all of the world is deceived, it seems. And we are, we're just, we're in the days again, man. We're right, we're right back where we started. Exactly. And deceived so easily. You know, and it just seems, why? Because it's always going to have logical reasoning by it. Well, this is, this is an act of love toward others to do that. You need to do this because it's loving your neighbor. The guilt. Uh, Christians were repeating, exactly. If you don't do that, it's to guilt. Or this is for your health. You don't want to die, do you? You know, yeah. and all those things. And so, yeah, it's a repeat in a, in a big way. Um, you know, and God knew it and he told us, heads up, it's coming. Right. To where, right. if possible, even the elect could be deceived. You yeah. know, during and, that time. And I think Genesis six more than anything, because uh, we can we can discuss and and struggle with exactly who are they, so on and so forth. But here's here's what we know: we're we're guaranteed with this. Uh, they're spiritual beings that had uh, an evil influence, and they exercised it. And mm-hmm. God had had enough, and He eliminated them. And mm-hmm. then, uh, then God does all he can to bring man back to himself. And now we're at the point, though, where uh, it's almost like the Nephilim are here again via computer, AI, and all the other junk that we deal with. And so uh, I, think, I think that you find uh, the end in the beginning and the beginning in the end of Scripture. And I think that's where we're at today. Yeah, exactly. And to connect this with what you're talking about to today, again, if you follow this through, and I believe it is true that it is the offspring, the dead offspring of the sons of God, because the sons of God are in chains. You know, Peter describes that, okay, for special judgment one day. But the Rephaim and uh, the the, The the others that are, yeah, yeah, all of these, well, the watchers were the sons of God, but the offspring... Okay. No, yes, it's the offspring. You were right, talking. the giants on the earth, like the spies saw and all that. They were there were different regions and clans of those by that time, and so they had different uh, Zimamim and they had different names. Uh, and so uh, the Amorites called them by a different name. But anyway, the giants on the earth, when they died, yeah, the scriptures. You can read the scriptures, even in Proverbs and others verses where they are. They were recognized in uh, Old Testament 
Jewish culture that they were in hell in Sheol, okay, and but they're disembodied, but they are the demons and the demonic influence of today, okay. Right. So you go back; they were evil on the earth then. They know what it looked like then, and they're trying to recreate it by influencing humans to recreate the same kind of evil today, if not worse. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I think it's worse because that's, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, because when you think about it, everything that returns seems to return worse than when it left. You know what I'm saying? Like even when even when Jesus cast out demons, uh, and he said if they return, they're going to return worse than when they left, right? Or, mm, or they, yeah, that they had returned worse than than the beginning. Or mm. I, I'm trying to think of what that passage is. So I think I think any form of evil that returns. Uh, return always returns worse. Uh, number one, they're mad. Number two, they're yes. more determined. And uh, and number three, with their determination, they there's no limits for them to accomplish what they will. In other words, uh, they have no stop signs, and so they're just going to push uh, stronger, harder, and longer to make happen uh, what they want than what they ever did before. Right, and you see the the massive increase of demonic possession in the days of Jesus. I mean, it had already been occurring for many years, but it increased it more and more with his presence. And you notice, too, that when they were, when Jesus confronted a demon to heal a person that was possessed by a demon, they would call him, they knew him, and said, you oh, are yeah. the son of the most high God. Oh, they... Know. They they knew him by name. Yeah, and we even see where and we're submissive ones, to him. And other ones were. Uh, I'm trying to think of who it was, and they went, uh, "You, we don't know." Uh, yeah, right. and we do, right? I mean, Legion, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they named was, off who they knew, but we don't know you, and they shred the guy to, yeah, shredded him up. Yeah. Know, right. Yeah. So I find it humorous. All right, man. Well, hey, listen, I have enjoyed this. And uh, any any final thoughts uh, on your end that you would like to share? I thought we were going three hours with this. So I misunderstood. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, no, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. No, I think we've said enough at this. Yeah, there's a lot of other detail. Um, I think, you know, I think I do recommend for just this subject alone, uh, reading uh, Heiser's material on yeah. the un unseen realm. Uh, he had another one before it, which is was the unseen realm, but it was a little more basic. Uh, he put a little more detail in the in unseen realm, but it was called supernatural. Right. Uh, and then he also came out with a good book, uh, both on demons and angels, uh, that were really good on this subject. You know. Yeah. So fantastic. Well, hey guys, uh, thank you for joining us, and I hope that this has helped. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And don't forget to tune in to Truth Unbound with Walter Swaim. And Thank until you. next time, God bless.